What's up, filmmakers, producers, and hunters? This is your host, Tom Petrie, and you are listening to the Film the Hunt podcast brought to you by Bedford Camera and Video. Film the Hunt is your leader in outdoor video education and is designed by both myself and Nick Ventura of Become One. I think we've designed this curriculum so that we can provide the training to help you develop an eye. I think one of the best things about cinematography is like when people break rules and it works. It's tough to film a hunt. You really have to want to do it. (laughs) And to to turn that into a story is a very tough thing. One of the best decisions I've ever made because it changed, changed my life. Jason Madsinger, welcome to the Film the Hunt podcast. I appreciate it. I've been waiting for this invite. I'm surprised I'm guest like 87 on the list. Where can you buy that, you think? Uh, Bedford Cameron Video. (laughs) (laughs) I've talked about it enough on the podcast. I think people have figured that out. Have you ever dreamed of working in the outdoor industry and unsure of what that next step should be? Film the Hunt, the industry's leader in production education and the most trusted source for job placement. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Film the Hunt podcast. I am Nick Ventura sitting here with the one and only Zach Hand, or as we like to call him, Frenchie. Just me and you. Just us. (laughs) In Nebraska. Yeah, we're going to kind of go over, oh, what happened out here in Nebraska, how it went, um, kind of the, uh, the good problems that we have, if that makes sense, you know, as far as building the episode and um what our options are what we've talked about what we filmed um so yeah what do you think of the trip so far as it's coming to a close uh yeah so we're leaving well now tomorrow morning but uh yeah it was a fun trip it was uh it happened pretty quick this is this was my second time in nebraska filming uh last time was two years ago and uh, that was a day two kill, mm. but the day one kill, yeah, was uh, was definitely like we've talked about. It. It's a it's a good problem to have because you are able to go out and get a ton of uh, content that you kind of have to like sometimes scramble for yeah. if you like hunt till the last day, and then you're like, oh boy, like now we have a, d- a ton to get, and you're relying on what you get like in the stand primarily mostly yeah so it's nice to be able to control what we want to shoot now yeah i think one of the things you always lack when you have like a full you know five-day trip and you take it down to the wire is your um your time lapses your drone shots especially you know and you may miss those things in the better light because you're gonna have to give up a hunt or someone's gonna not have to be hunting to get those shots so you know this is one of those episodes that's gonna have those beauty shots and one of the things that we toyed with is, you know, how do we tell the story? You know, because this is the deer we killed is literally the first encounter we had as a whole. Um, and I mean, that is the first clip that we filmed the deer in that same clip is where we shoot this buck. So <laughs> I'm a little stuffed up still, a little congested. That's okay. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Nick just woke up from a beauty, beauty rest. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing in Nebraska. We'll get over that out. It, we thought it was a gentleman's hunt. It was anything but that. Still totally love the hunt. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, and we try to be as uh, truthful as possible with these 
with these hunts um, and episodes, you know, as far as, you know, we don't want to make it seem like it's the last day we killed. And that's kind of what we're toying with is where we draw the line of, you know, building that content. Because if the story went as it happened, we only have less than a segment worth, you know. And so we're trying to build the story to where it's entertaining for the audience, but still, still is real and feels real. So um, we got some ideas and we, we've kind of shot for a couple of different ideas, but man, it seems like every time you have a plan to go out and just film deer, you never see deer, you know, it's just like, and we saw deer, but not like you would think with no pressure, you know, in Nebraska early season, you'd think you'd just be able to walk all over. And we saw some scouting, but I mean, that's really, it's really difficult. Cause I, you know, part of us is like, Oh, we could do a couple hunts. Um, and see a bunch of deer we could play it off as a day two, day three kill. Um, but I don't think we're going to do that. I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards making it as is as far as shooting this thing on day one and then possibly going into our Colorado trip and making that part of the story. We've always talked about teasing the next week's episode and getting there. Um, and we do that a little bit. It just may be, you know, more of a part of the story this time. And I think that's... I think it's going to be fine. You know, it's, we're going to have great Nebraska shots. Um, you know, it's not going to be a f- – there's a good chance it won't be the full episode, but I think it's not going to drag on. We're going to get through the content, um, and that's just really how it happened. You know, I say unfortunately. It's like ideally you would shoot your, your day four or day five, you know. Yeah. That's like as far as a producer standpoint, that's the dream. Or day three, you know, you have an extra day to yeah, recreate. Day three is pretty good. Day three is the best. Day one probably – you know, it, I think you're saying as a hunter standpoint, obviously you want to kill. Yeah, early. as a hunter standpoint, we got super lucky. As a producer standpoint, we also got lucky, but it's it's the double edged sword of like, yeah. well, now what? You know, and um, so we could fake it and be like, oh, we shot him day five, what a hunt! And you know, we we uh, our job isn't to always tell tell the story as it happened as much as it is to tell the best story, if that makes sense. So we're gonna be truthful and we're gonna. You know, we're not going to say it, it's this when it's that, but we're we're going to go out and build content, you know, so we're not just going to sit back at the lodge and say, oh, well, that was that, so no more filming, you know, no more shooting the bow. We did butcher scene. We did that stuff. You know, some some people may think, well, the hunt's over. That's, you know, if all the content you got up to that point is what you have. But, I mean, you want to talk about some of the other stuff that we shot slash are shooting to kind of bridge the gap between – you know, the six minutes that we got in content <laughs> to yeah. start. Yeah, I mean, like, before, like, right when we got here, so, like, even before we k- killed, we did, like, a little bow, um, like, shooting scene. So that was prior, um, but we're going to end up probably shooting another one as the uh, as the e- evening's coming to a close after we get off this podcast. We're going to uh, probably shoot some, some more, uh, like, a bow scene and shooting. Um, as you know, everybody needs to shoot probably before every trip, you know, bows get knocked around. And yep. we've um, we've flown the drone a bunch yeah. and gotten some really gorgeous shots. Like, I'm I'm super happy with, like, where just where we were. Like, I don't, I don't think that could look bad. Like, that was such a pretty spot. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's stuff that we can use in a lot of things as far as not just our, you know, the episode but commercials i mean there's it's pretty saucy stuff yeah um, yeah we were over over like a uh a large bluff i guess is what it's called here in nebraska 
and I guess yeah. it's got many names el- wherever <laughs> wherever you go. Chris uh, was saying, but uh, yeah, it was a gorgeous spot, and we were glassing. We glassed twice, so we've got a bunch of content of glassing um, at different times of the day, but same spot, and we got very similar content, but also different because we saw different deer, or we saw like a bald eagle or coyotes. Um, so that's pretty cool, and all that can help tie into the story. Yeah, and and one of the things that was kind of a um, something that was out of Chris's control, but it, you know, it it made for a tougher way to get content was um, we weren't staying in the normal lodge. There was a scheduling conflict, um, so we had to go further away. And you know, it happened last minute to Chris, unfortunately for him. So we're an hour away from our hunting spots. So where it's usually easy just to go out and get content, drive 10 minutes down the road or this or that. It's like we're kind of in this little vacation community, super nice house. But the other thing that limits us with is now we can't get that content of where we're staying because we don't want to portray the place that we're staying as something like this because it's just some person's house. Everyone else comes here is going to be different, <laughs> yeah, you know? It's so it's like, house. I would say it's better than the place they have because the place they have, I've heard great things about Prairie King Lodge, um, but it's a nice place. It's kind of very modern, and it's just like we'd love to film an eating scene or we'd love to film, you know, us kicking out in the in the patio where we're at now, but it just wouldn't make sense, you know? No. It's the real place, but it's also like, you know, nowhere else is going to stay here, so what's the point of showing that? You know, it would just be filler content. Yeah, I don't think it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, back to the glassing thing, like that was a big part, you know, we did some scouting, we did some stuff with Chris, but we never really had the, you know, filmed it and, you know, filmed those discussions early on. So we kind of went back and filmed, you know, those scouting missions because that's really how the hunts go out here. And Chris had a lot of the work done, so it was really just going out with him, um, scouting these spots from afar, you know, and we'd see deer movement where we were hanging our stand. Um, and uh, that's going to be great content to start the episode. So between that, shooting the deer... Um, recovering him, shooting the bow, hanging the stand, mm-hmm. killing the deer. Um, I think you're looking at it like a three segment, you know, safely episode right now. And, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great content. You know, it's, it's, um, it's different. And I, but I really think it's going to be cool because I think it's, especially when we're going from place to place, right? So we're not going back to Ohio right now. We're going right to our next stop in Colorado. So, as far as content goes, um, you know, it's going to be real and it's going to be cool because I think that's, that's one of the cool things about what we do is the, just the traveling and, you know, we're switching from whitetail, right, to elk. So it's like big change. our pack's going to change. My setup's going to change a little bit um, as far as bino harness, little stuff like that I've got to figure out um, because now we're going in with a different method. We're not sitting in a tree stand 90 degree weather. Now we're hiking and calling and Which, I'm I I love whitetail hunting and I've loved like I'd say whitetail hunting I would enjoy like a later in the season set I yeah. like I like it being cold I'm from Maine I yeah. like was raised in the cold um, I totally agree the, but it is it is badass like first yeah. sit and stand being like oh we're whitetail hunting yeah, <laughs> you know what it I mean? was it was pretty intense like uh I mean we were we only sat in the stand before. <laughs> an hour and a half before we killed that deer. Which I think we should talk about that. Bedford Camera provides everything you need regardless of your budget or skill level. 
Whether you're into shooting photos or filming your hunting and fishing adventures, you can speak directly to their outdoor division, so you can feel confident they understand your needs. The outdoor team at Bedford's isn't there to move product off the shelf fast. They are there because they care and to help you get into the gear that's right for you. With seven store locations and a huge inventory of product, they have what you want when you want it. Bedford Camera and Video. So in Nebraska, as most of you probably know, you can't bait as like a lot of other states you Correct. can. So that's sometimes different from past trips that like I've filmed with you guys where we're hunting a state that you can bait. Yep. So like we were shown cameras. Well, it's not so that we're just always bait hunters. <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. There are hunts that you like don't bait. Yeah. So like what we talked about in the stand is how like when we got here, Chris showed us some like trail cam photos. And then when we went in to hunt this spot that he had like had for us, he's like, all right, it's a clump of trees in the middle of a cornfield, which seems pretty cool. Yeah. And then when we're going in, we drive past a trail camera that had all these deer, does, bucks. And then when we're hunting the day that we killed and the day we went in to get more footage, we didn't see any deer by the trail camera. And yeah. It's cool to see that like a lot of people you'd think would be like, all right, there's no, there's not deer. Like, yeah. They're not on camera. They're not there. But we had three bucks come in a hundred and what? 50 yards up the edge of the trees yeah. right underneath our tree. And that's what I love about the situation with, and, and Chris is he's like, he's going to let you make decisions and he's going to give you the best advice. And sometimes he may not let you make the decisions if there's, this is like, the only option like as far as like yeah. he's coming out here you need to sit here but it was one of those things where he's like here's the camera and he's like you know look for trees i'll show you that clump of trees i think would work but if you don't think it'll work and you don't want to do it then it's up to you and um we saw some good trees on the way in you know and of course we're looking mm -hmm. at it from a hunting standpoint and a filming standpoint and then we got to this clump of trees and it's like it was a very thick um and I'll be honest, I, I loved it from a kill standpoint. I didn't love it from a filming standpoint. But I, um, I would second that climbing yeah. up into the tree. Like when you guys were like kind of setting it, I was like, uh, I don't know where like I'm going to be filming over because yeah. typically our setup is going to be like same tree. Mm -hmm. Typically. You're over my shoulder. The ideal situation is same tree over your shoulder yeah. down over a lane or two lanes where <laughs> this one was like, I'm facing you on a different tree. Yeah. Which was super cool. Yes, we hung the cameras on, or the stands on different trees facing each other, which is super different. Um, yeah. Made for some cool content, but um, the one of the tough things it does is it kind of, we're not always seeing the same lane the same way, if that makes sense. So as far as like when he's over the shoulder, he can look down my bow and see what I see, and I know that he can have that pretty much the same view. So um, we hung this stand, and, you know, in my eyes, I was expecting us to see a buck at that point and then figure out where he comes out and then make a move. Maybe we sit there two nights in a row if we're not sure, and he does it once, and then we're like, all right, let's make a move. you know. But I was yeah. not expecting him to exactly hit this spot. Now, Chris had a good idea. He says, I think a lot of the deer are feeding over here, so there is a good chance. you know. And that was great because I, you know, we love to see deer close. And... um we saw a doe and a fawn a little way off, and then the from behind us, I'd say like my, over my right shoulder, the the spot that you kind of give up as a bow hunter in the stand, as far as like that's the spot you're not going to shoot a deer, you know, and, and, and you're yeah. okay with that, you know, but yeah. you can make it work, you know. Yeah. Um, Frenchie says big buck, and he blows by this opening right behind us. I mean, it was 
five seconds he's there and he's gone. Um, and that's a super small thing for me. Frenchy had a little bit of better view up to see where this deer is coming from. I had to really reach around to see him. So for me, I wasn't really prepared because, you know, one, I wasn't sure what the deer would do as far as if he'd come out in front of us, circle around this tree. Um, but he just kind of went past us and went straight away from us. So it kind of left me with no opportunity. A great deer, probably 130 class, you know, deer, full velvet, something that would make me happy every day, you know. Yeah. And, um, He's a gorgeous looking deer. He was. So we filmed him. And then as he gets to the corn and we kind of lose track of him, Frenchy looks back and says, another buck. And at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot this one. You know, I'm thinking, like, not going to lose this opportunity twice. Um, and then I see him, he's hard-horned, and he was just not the quality of buck we're looking for, 115, maybe a two-year-old. You know, cool-looking deer, but just, like, after we just saw the first one, it's just like, yeah, you're, you know, day one, you're not going to shoot the second the yeah. second smaller deer, unless yeah. you're talking about 170s and 180s, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he walked past. And we're like, huh, there's two bucks. And already in my head, I'm thinking, I'm already looking at trees to where I'm going to, you know, either we're going to trim this differently or is it because they're walking right underneath us, 15 yards, which to me is too close early season. If they feed around there in that area, yeah. it's going to be tough. Um, so I'm already thinking, like, looking back at trees, like, man, that tree could work, um, you know, and I was too. This yeah. is God's honest truth. And I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of looking off in the woods, you know, on the edge thinking, like, is there a tree that, like, makes a more sense than this one right now? And um, and then Frenchy says, "Big buck, big buck." He says, "That's the one with the mass, or something like that." I'm not sure exactly what you said. Yeah, I think I think it was same spot. Like, there's the one with the mass. Yeah, so this is, was quote unquote our target buck, right? Yeah. The one that Chris was like, yeah, like the old moose one. Yeah, moose knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably that's okay for the podcast, probably not for the TV show. <laughs> but um, so. <laughs> So he uh, he says that immediately. I'm like, I grab the bow, and I spin around as fast as I can, you know, because I'm going bows over left shoulder, bucks coming right shoulder. And I look over, and he's already to the opening. You know, we caught this one late, which, you know, we we caught them all late because there's really you can't really see him coming. All the same clip. Um, so he's walking through the opening. I stop him before I even have my bow turn around towards him. I just give him a grunt. Like I know he's got to stop in that spot. And this was kind of that do or die. You know, like looking back, if it didn't work out, it'd be one of those things where I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been more patient in the hunt. So I stop him. He freezes there, looks, looks right at us. I draw back. Um, I kind of had to kneel down to get through these limbs. Cause again, we didn't have any openings there. And, you know, that's one of those things where it's like I've never anchored and shot that fast, but I also think I was within seconds of losing that deer. So it's like I don't yeah. have any regrets. Had I missed, it would have been like should have taken more time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, man, I, I'd had no opportunities to just like – I like to just draw on deer if I can during the hunt just to get your nerves going and settle in and not shoot. I think that's a great tactic to kind of like bury your pin behind the shoulder and just – envision it and just know that you're comfortable doing that um i no, never had that your, chance yeah know your lanes and like know if yeah. there's like a, if you're drawn back on a deer where say a sh like a buck could walk in and be like oh yeah like, I, I can't shoot there there's a limb right there yeah you draw back on them and you're like you know we can make this work and you feel comfortable with the shot well i never had those i didn't get to that process yet um so i shot and it's funny because in the video it sounds it seems like i say i smoked him before the arrow even gets to him you know i'm like smoked him but um 
we, you know, it was a good shot. It was right behind the shoulder low, like heart, you know, and it wasn't a heart because we looked at it after. And at that point, you know, there's not many times I'm like, you know, I unless I hear him go down, you know, it's like I'm always like hesitant. You know, I'm second guessing like every inch as far as where I hit this deer. And I knew he was done immediately. I'm like, that's, yeah. I couldn't have placed it much better, you know. Yeah, and, it was a great shot. And then Frenchie's like, he, you saw him go down through the trees. We couldn't film it because it was, again, thick. Um, but it happened so fast. It was, it was so cool. Um, and um, it's funny because Chris, you know, with what he does with his business, he always likes to document things, which is cool because it's, his stuff that we can probably use in our show, but he's always like, you know, letting social media know kind of what's going on. And he's, you know, filming it with his phone. And I'm thinking like, man, if I had gut shot this dude, I would be like so nervous right now because, you know, I'm very superstitious and I'd be like, we don't want to do this until uh, we find this deer. Yeah. But, um, man, it all worked out and, you know, and it was a super, super quick hunt, but at the same time it was super, super real. You know, there was that one clip is just full of, cool content yeah, audio say, like, between not, us not too often can you like like my like either of us probably get the opportunity to like have deer coming in whether yeah. or not you like you were we were i was filming on a doe or something and then be like oh like buck over here and like mm-hmm. turn to it in the same clip but this was like buck came in i swing around the tree to look at it in the field swing back at the next second buck follow it into the field and then swing back for the third buck, which, and then swing to you for like recovery or for yeah. uh, like your reaction, which was like awesome. Yeah. And yeah, it was super cool just to have that all, all the, all the audio and everything in that in one clip. What did you think when you saw the last book? Like what was going through your mind when I stopped him and stuff like that? Like, were you nervous that you were going to lose him? Well, when he was coming in, I was like, well, he, like, this is our, this is our lane. Cause the, I would assume like, in what was going through my mind is he's going to do the exact same thing the other two deer did, mm-hmm. which was just walk right into the cornfield. Yeah. They didn't, they went like 15 yards, like you said, right underneath this big clump of trees. And I was thinking those first two were going to like wrap around the tree. Mm-hmm. They just went right out into the corn. So I was thinking in the back of my head that he's just going to do the same thing. So like this spot, that was it. Yeah. And I heard you like, meh, and you weren't even drawn yet or like really fully turned around. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was. I think the the need for a quick shot was there, mm-hmm. and you uh, you executed. Did you um, were you worried about? Because I know you had to move the camera. Like as I stopped him, were you worried that you were not him, or did you feel like you were on him? You were going to get there. You felt confident there. I know. Yeah, I feel like I was confident that I was going to have him. Like yeah. when you stopped him, like I could see that there was not like there were branches, but there was no branch that was covering like the deer's body. Yeah. It was like over his butt or something or near his antlers were covered. Um, I did make like reviewing the footage. I did like jerk a little bit because I was going down and I thought he was continuing to walk and then he stopped Mm -hmm. and then I could go back up to him luckily. And then that's when you shot. Yeah. He did Um, a good job getting the vitals, you know, because it was like there was some trees and he just kind of kept moving even though the deer wasn't and it looked smooth. And you, yeah, you executed. It was, and then, yeah, like Nick said, he, I thought I saw him run off, like run like and tum- uh, like tumble down uh, on like the tree line at the edge of the corn, which later as we went into the woods to get him, he had not. He kind of had turned right. There was a little knoll. But like seeing him plow through the corn, like chest low, mm-hmm. I was like, that deer's dead. Like that was yeah, such a good shot. you could hear him shot. just taking down yeah. stalks. Like he was fully breaking them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man, that was that was cool. And that what a what a way to start the year off, you know. Yeah. Like we we had you always have goals of like, and I'm like, man, I'd love to go two to three of these trips, and that's a very optimistic goal, I think. And yeah. then we first day are just like, you know, yeah, we're like, oh, we're gonna go to Colorado early. We're gonna start elk, and you know, we're really not. We're starting a little early, but nothing yeah. crazy. And I think, you know, it's. Um, I also too was fun because I there was this is a great deer camp. You know, I love hanging out with Chris and the guys at Goblin Grunt, and I love the people that are hunting here. So it was fun, you know, I don't want to be the guy that just shoots his deer the first day and then he's like, I'm out of here the next day, you know, because I think that's part of hunting camp and, you know, yeah, um, camp morale, you know, it's just like, I don't want to be the guy that shoots one and leaves and everyone's just like, oh, what a dick, you just shot his deer and then. Yeah, like one less person in camp, like one less person to talk to. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the hour-long drive. Do you want to talk about, like, how exhausting Yeah, that yeah, is? I'd say right off the bat, like, <laughs> Definitely because this was, like, a last-minute thing um, that was just, like, out of Chris's power, yeah. out of his hands. Like, props to him for, I mean, making not, the most of it. you and me aren't able to, we're not driving. Yeah. So, like, we can nap. We can, <laughs> we can like, take a nap uh, while he's driving, like, hour to the stand, hour back. And, like, props to him for being, having, like, for doing all that driving. Yeah. Because, um, like, that's a lot of driving. So. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's getting sunsets eight o'clock. So we're we're getting out of the stand eight thirty, eight forty five. By ten, we get back to Chris. You're talking nine o'clock, nine fifteen. You're getting at the house at ten fifteen, ten thirty. Yeah. Then you gotta eat dinner. It's like you're you're not going to bed till almost midnight every night, and that's uh, and then if you're getting up for the like, if we're you're getting up for the morning sit, or just to get like time lapses in the morning or anything, you're getting up at four thirty. Yeah. So it's like. You know, the best case scenario, you're getting up, you're you're getting four or five hours of sleep, not yeah. enough. Um, yeah. And then you're, you're going in the sun all day long when it's 90, 90 degrees. It's exhausting. It's we, we've gone through, what, we've gone, the, the group here has gone through, a, like, what, five crates of water? Yeah, 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 it's, it's, um, it's hot. It's hot, and, but it's, like, right now it feels nice, like, I wouldn't mind being in a tree right now, you know, yeah, but it's, it's a little breeze. Um you know, we got a lot to do. We, we've we got these scenes to shoot, and we want to shoot them in the right light, and the right light is not middle of the day. There's not a cloud in sight these past five days, I don't think, um, or four days. Other than the day we got here. Yeah. There yep. was that, that storm that right yeah. when we got here. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the gist of it, and I, I, I hope you guys, when you watch the episode, you kind of understand and see what we did here. And that's kind of the point of these podcasts is to know, know the story as it went down, how we filmed it, why we did this, and then hopefully you can watch the episode and be like, oh, that makes sense, you know, or, oh, that's cool they did that, or, you know, and just kind of see how it how it lays out because, and it is some long days here. And you think an early season white to hunt, in your head you're thinking like, in my eyes I was thinking like selfishly, like it'd be a great start to elk hunting. We can just hunt afternoons, you know, get our gear ready in the morning and, you know, do that thing, scout in the morning. But, and we were, since day one, we were like full, full blown yeah. doing it, you know, as far as whether it's like driving an, an hour or two hour to a place to get more footage to scout or fly the drone or do a, sh a shoot here, time lapses. Yeah, we we're we we're definitely not just like relaxing, like as a like, all right, let's do something like that's because you guys have only done usually elk as your first trip. Yeah, and it's and that's the thing that's always like bugs me is like your first animal you're going to draw is going to be a bull elk. And that's like, that's, that's a big animal. It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you're, you're driving four hours a day no matter what, mm-hmm. which is a lot of driving. Um, so yeah, hats off the guide because I didn't, you know, my first time out here and I didn't know exactly how it goes. Everyone's different, you know. Sometimes they show you your spots and you drive there. Um, but yeah, Chris has been the whole time, which has been fun, and he's been super knowledgeable with the deer. He knows these deer out here very well. Um, and everyone's on deer. Everyone may not have seen their deer yet, but, you know, I feel confident. It's only a four-day hunt as it sits, like, as the norm is. So tonight's their last night in the original hunt. Um, and, um, man, I hope they kill. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's feeling a little deery. I mean, there's it's, it is cooler than it's been the past couple nights. And it was yeah. cooler this morning. And it did not feel cool when we shot ours. No, like, it was not no. deery. You, we weren't even, like getting close to prime time yet it was like you know we were shocked immediately and then yeah. it's just kind of like okay that's it's over and that's we, that yeah <laughs> our celebrations funny we're just like looking at you like whoa what do we do now <laughs> yeah have you ever dreamed of working in the outdoor industry and unsure of what that next step should be film the hunt the industry's leader in production education and the most trusted source for job placement no man you did a great job it was super good hunt super quick hunt um but you know, it's like you shoot something the first day or you go five, four days, never see a shooter. You know, it's like I talk about, too, like if I didn't stop that deer and he goes, I may never get my another chance the rest of the trip. And then I'll be at, looking back at him there. or any, any other yeah. buck. And I'll be looking the rest of the trip at me like, man, I should have just should have tried it. Right. You yeah. know, and I'm trying to make the most of I think the longer I do this, the longer I try to be uh, more of a hunter and less of a cameraman, you know, try to because that's why how I got into this is th- from the film side. And I think trying to make the most of these opportunities because I've learned that, you know, a lot of times you only get one, you know, if you get one opportunity on a hunt, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, most guys, we've gone through our, our home turf in Ohio and gone through a full season, never had a good opportunity. So it's just like making the most of these opportunities because they're not always going to be perfect. You're not going to have the perfect tree, perfect wind, perfect situation. You know, y- you hope that we had those hunts where everything goes together, but, falls in line but you know we got to fill tags we got to you know make the stories and we got to as hunters do our do the best that we can do and then we got to film that and document it as it happens yeah which i think with how we started this like i think we did a good job and i think it's going to be a pretty damn good episode yeah yeah um so we can talk a little bit about the next trip um next time you talk to us it will be um, in Colorado. That's the next time you talk to us. Next time you hear from us, um, we're not going to phone you in. But um, that'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> like we just prank call live people. Call it live <laughs> call it. <laughs> Hello, this is blah blah blah. What What would your phone name be? What would my phone name be? Yeah, little light. Little light. Yeah, it's little a little light, light here. This is a little light here. On film out podcast. Yeah, I like that. I mean, um, I could keep it with Frenchie, but little light. Change it up for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to be in Colorado. We're hunting the same spot I killed my first bull two years ago, or Tom was calling. Um, super cool to go back there. Tom hunted there last year, had some good encounters. Blake hunted bear there, had a good good hunt, didn't find his. So it's supposed to be me, Blake, hunters, um, Frenchie behind the camera for me again, and uh, Cruz, nope, not Cruz, Chase, <laughs> Cruz was there two years ago. Chase is going to be there as a kind of a B camera, also a caller, um, 
And then we got good old Butch Bauer um, filling for Blake as it sits now. Blake's a little sick, so I, I'm so nervous he's not going to make the hunt. That would just really, really stink. Um, so hopefully when when you talk to us next, you hear a you know slightly sick Blake on the podcast, as, as in he's getting better. But um, that's a cool hunt. Over the counter tag. Have you and you filmed the car a couple years ago with your buddy, right? With my buddy, yeah. Actually, very like pretty close to where we're gonna be. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was southwest of Steamboat. Okay, like yeah. a, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, we're not far. Um, yeah. So you Steamboat's pumped to do the wall tent camp and that whole deal. I am. Yeah, yeah. Last year I was with uh, Tom in Oklahoma. For yep. a wall tent camp, which was cool. We were at a lodge, but we like, yeah, it was yeah. cool just to have the wall tent there to hang out in and at nights and whatnot when it was a little bit cooler. This is our first time with, um, this is my first time staying with our wall tent for Montana Canvas. And I've, I've stayed it in at the schools and stuff or like set it up, but I've never stayed in it yet. And, uh, cause last year Tom had it and I'm super pumped up to like, it's huge. You know, it's like, it's yeah. gonna be. I don't know, man. Those wall tents are just, they're so freaking fun, you know? It's just like a different feel. Yeah. I like it because, I mean, it's more, you feel not like being at a lodge or being at like a outfitter's house or a landowner's house that you know in a different state. Like, I think it, it's cool because, I mean, it, you're camping. Obviously, it's a giant tent. But yeah, yeah. you're camping and you're hunting. Like, and you're just like a big group of, group of people are like chilling in this, all your gears in there, camera gear, hunting gear. It's cool. Yeah. It's the comforts of like a super nice, you know, big place to stay and have your gear out, but it's not like the discomfort of like your cheap Coleman tent from Dick Sporting goods, you know, yeah. where you're like, it's two man tent, but it fits like one normal sized person, you know? So it's yeah. for anybody that's like trying to, you know, plan your Western hunts or, looking for something for the Midwest for long groups of time or long period of time, I would really look at those Montana canvas tents because for the price and what they are, they're, they're so cool. Wood stove, um, you can have floor in there as far as you can put carpeting in there. Some of them have floors, but, man, that's always like people are always like, oh, I don't know what to do when I hunt out west, like the planning and stuff like that. And honestly, for us, when we started doing it, the wall tent thing was like one of the first things we figured out that we needed because if you're – out there in the good stuff, you can't usually rely on a place to stay. Um, and being able to keep your gear dry and, you know, have the spots to hang out and just the atmosphere of the wall tent camps are just so much fun. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to this hunt and, uh, man, my voice just gets worse and worse. I'm hoping by like the end of September, I'll just be like, I'll just sound like a chain smoker. Chain smoker. Like, here we are. <laughs> <Mexico>. <laughs> Yeah, the coffin. <coughs> you, me, and Tony. Yeah. So, well, um, anything else? Anything we, anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about? I think, I think that's that's a good wrap on the old Nebraska. I'm trying to think of any other good. Oh, you want to talk about how you almost lost your finger last night? Yeah, that was actually kind of. I was thinking, I'll keep this quick. Uh, any, <laughs> any camera, per, cameraman listening that has used a 
the ratchet straps, the big ratchet straps. They're going to hold on your camera arm. I was loosening it at night. Everybody else, Nick was at the bottom of the tree with Chris. All of his gear is out of the tree. I'm getting my gear out of the tree. Last thing, the base. I'm taking the strap off, trying to loosen it, and somehow my finger, my middle <laughs> finger, goes in to where you, like the little clip that you have to loosen, goes in between that, fully in between it, and my, my the first knuckle, like the joint, goes in that. And I just instantly, it was like, oh, just try to yank it out. Just stopped immediately. Just I'm, I'm trying. It's like the, one of these Chinese finger traps, except it was not. It was metal. I was just. I was like, instantly panicking. They're at the bottom of the tree. It's dark. My headlamp's in my pack. So right now I only have one hand because the other one yeah. is stuck in the metal. I was legitimately thinking I was going to have to like walk down the tree with <laughs> with base. the base all attached to my hand. But it was still tight to the tree at this point, right? It's still tight to the tree. So how I got my finger out of it was. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like there there was too much friction I thought I was just going to rip off like the like a ton of skin so I just like I spat on my finger to, like, to, <laughs> to make it slide out of the metal easy and it worked it worked I still I still shaved off a little skin on the top of my knuckle the knuckle's a little bruised but uh yeah the spit butter I didn't have butter so the spit worked and out my finger came and down I went. Yeah. <laughs> I I heard him like, we're at the bottom of the tree and it was dark so you couldn't see and he turned up there like, <laughs> you know, like making noise. I was. Like, I was like, oh God, I was I thought panicking. for sure you just couldn't figure out the ratchet strap like being like the first time taking the base down, you know, like for no, the No, because it wouldn't get looser because my finger was stuck well, in it. Well, I get it now. Yeah, yeah at the time. Closed it off. Um, It was taking me a while, but once I got my finger out, then I, it came <laughs> out, it, it, I was down in an instant. But my favorite part was when you got back to the truck and you're like, yeah, here it is. And you're like, it doesn't look that bad, but it really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, yeah, like showing Nick right now, it's, it is not bad. I Let just see. Yeah. There's, there's a little scab there about the size of a, I don't even know, like a piece of rice or something like a small piece of rice. Yeah. Like the, a little bit smaller than an eraser cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really small. So, uh, yeah. Maybe I'm playing it off to be uh, worse than it was, but my finger was stuck. Well, but you could still be up there. Yeah, exactly. I could. My hand could be in the tree. My yeah, hanging by it could my. Be arm. like that uh, James Franklin movie where he's stuck in the cave, but just Frenchy stuck in a tree with his. Frenchy stuck tree. in a tree in Nebraska <laughs> while Nick's out in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> we could dramatize it. You're just there on days on end, just you know, in, in the heat with your water stuck to the tree base. I only had a couple of waters, so yeah, you're lucky I was there. I probably saved your life. Yeah. Could you got to your phone? Yeah, my right hand was free. Oh. Was there a service? I think there was. I think there was, yeah. Man. I know. This could have been a real serious story. This could have been something on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. The kid with his hand stuck in a ratchet strap. <laughs> It'd just be called Frenchie's Finger for sure. Frenchie's <laughs> Finger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we always talk about, too, like I always think for some reason, like the younger, some these young kids that come to class, like, the good like homework assignment would just be like give him a ratchet strap for like a day and just like go through it and figure it out. Cause like a lot of people, a lot of those younger, the younger people don't use ratchet straps until they start doing this stuff. I mean, were you using ratchet straps before you were filming hunts a ton? Maybe like growing up with my dad, cause he does like a lot of auto work and if, or like just like farm implements and like yeah. that's how we would tie stuff down yeah. on like trailers. 
but usually like he would be doing it or like he'd be like, Oh Zach, go ratchet this down and I would go do it and I would have no idea what that guy was doing. Yeah. So it was, it was, just, a, it was definitely a learning experience back in twenty seventeen, yeah. twenty eighteen when I was with you guys. Yeah, for sure. So well, good way to wrap it up. That was a good story. I'm glad we didn't forget about that one. Yeah. For all you listening, don't you, don't put your finger between that uh you won't be able to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> you describe it and we're still not sure how you got stuck in there. The thing is, I don't understand how it got in there if I, if it couldn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It's it like was, it doesn't move, you know, like there's certain things that aren't spring loaded, but yeah, he still tried to explain it to me and I'm like, I don't know how you did that or how it even got in there. I don't know how it slipped in unlubricated. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 the only way it was coming out was if I, it got a little wet. <laughs> Man, if people started this podcast and didn't listen to the last, like, 10 minutes, they would have been sorely missing out on the best part of the story. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, well, Nebraska White Tales, Frenchie's Finger documentary. Um, yeah, I say I say we're good. We will um, wish us luck in Colorado. Um, don't forget, if you haven't already, to go to Become One YouTube, watch Chasing Perfection, leave a comment what you think. Um, like and subscribe it's a super cool film I know we've talked about it a bunch on our podcast but this is just another reminder to go ahead and watch that so until next time um, from Frenchie and I we have a couple more trips so I'm sure we'll see, hear his voice a couple more times hopefully I'll get stuck in another tree <laughs> <laughs> alright we'll talk to you later see ya if we give it up just come ashore Will we still see the woods For the trees If we ain't got the grass Looking back On it all On it all If my father Would say that I'm proud Of you son That's the man That I'm trying to become Oh, what will they say?